0: They say if you live one place long enough, you are that place. My name is Anthony Desiato, and I've lived in Westchester, New York, my entire life. This season, I'll be telling my county story through her comic shops, the quintessential stores of the area and the era that are now no more. If you like what you hear, please consider joining the My Comic Shop History Patreon page you get access to a ton of exclusive bonus content, including the My Comic Shop Book Club, Beyond My Comic Shop, and My Super Fan History subseries. Thanks to everyone who has already signed up. One of our podcast sponsors is a family of film festivals, the Brightside Tavern Film Festival in Jersey City, the Point Lookout Film Festival on Long Island, and the Hang On To Your Shorts Film Festival in Asbury Park. Find them all on Film Freeway, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The 2020 seasons for both Point Lookout and Hang On To Your Shorts are open for entries. Use the discount code SJRHOTYS2020 when you submit. Also, be sure to visit iTunes or a shareduniverse.com to tune in to the official Hang On To Your Shorts podcast. My Comic Shop History is sponsored in part by Acme Comics, the oldest and largest comic book store in Greensboro, North Carolina. Acme is a full-service, multiple Eisner Award-nominated business, Visit them when traveling or online now at acmecomics.com and be sure to follow store manager Jermaine Exum on Twitter at Lord Retail and tune in Tuesday evenings for his early new release comics reviews. Welcome to My Comic Shop History. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. This week, we turn our attention to booth 95 at the Empire State Flea Market in Port Chester. Booth 95, of course, was Jay's Comics, run by the one and only Jay Mizell. For this episode, I am very pleased to welcome to the recording studio here today, <laughs> former Jay's Comics customer, Jonathan Bayless. Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for doing this. It's been like two years that we've been trying to set this up and we finally got you it's here. It's true.
1: Well, I was very upset that I was not in the documentary. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, now... Here, so here's a question so you say it's booth 95 is that the booth that he ended at that's the one he ended at that's when he ended because I mean so I was born in the Bronx uh, I came to Westchester in 1977 I was four years old and I'm pretty sure that when I was five uh, I went to the Empire State flea market and at that Empire State flea market in a in a corner that like he wound up at the opposite end of that flea market in, in Port Chester. Uh but when I started he was you know he was in a different corner and it was and it wasn't just Jay. Did did I forget? Did you guys talk about his original partner at
0: all? No, not for the documentary. Not for the documentary. But you
1: know about it. But
0: him. I know he had yeah, he, there, was an, there was a there was a partner original.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it was Jay and Shelly and uh my mom liked Shelly because he super friendly boisterous guy also from the bronx like you know like my mom and then there was jay and jay you know was this like you know little angry jewish guy you know like if you you know i mean it's a comic book shop and if you touch the comics he he would get very upset (laughs) You know, he's like, what? You know, if, if you bend it, you buy it. If you rip it, you know, whatever. <laughs> but that said, he was, um, he was a teacher. So uh, on the flip side is, you know, grumbly as, as he was, or curmudgeonly as his outward presence inside, you know, he is a great human being and a teacher and, you know, really wanted, you uh, know kids to read these comics and and grow with these comics and I just happened upon that booth uh, at exactly the right time. like I had cu- had come come away from you know my my safe place uh, ba- back home. I was in this new place, Harrison, New York, going to this going to this flea market and here was this guy that was selling comic books and you know the only place I saw comic books before was in like a newsstand in a bodega. Uh, you know, and I learned how to read by my mom putting Spider-Man comics in, in front of me. Uh, but Jay would have these bags of, like, it was probably 10 comics, and it was probably, like, 10 beat-up, you know, comics that nobody bought or whatever, uh, you know, shoved in a dollar bag. But that bag was, like, magic to me, right? You know, like, I remember... You know, some of my first Jack Kirby comics were in there. There was, I remember, The Demon. There was a lot of horror stuff. Like, I wonder if I was just attracted to horror books, and that's and that's what I chose. Like, maybe there was a superhero bag and a horror bag. I don't quite remember. But it was uh, The Demon and Tales of the Unexpected and House of Mystery. And there were these, like, big 100-page specials. And, you know, I just remember, you know, going there and flipping through all those dollar bins and, you know, buy, you know buying these books and, you know, voraciously... Reading them and you know, like any comic shop, seeing older comics on the wall, uh, you know, like you do in a, like in a regular storefront. For him, it was a booth. It was you know, like a like a booth in a, in a flea market. But he still had comics up, and I remember uh, really desiring uh, some of those books on uh, on the wall. And you know, I think when I got older, I did buy them. I did buy them. Did you? Did you have that experience when? Did you? Did you go into comic shops and you were like, "Oh, I covet I covet these books on the wall." Like that's a no. That was special never, thing.
0: That was never really a huge thing for me. No. I have to say, no. I mean, I think it's something that I I appreciate more now when I go to some of these stores and mm-hmm. I see these really rare vintage books, sure. you know, displayed nicely. I think you know that really makes more of an impression on me now. As a kid, I can't say that that was so much of a of a pull. Hmm. But. You know, it, it's great to, you know, hear you describe Jay. I mean, I've talked about him on the show over sure. the years. And, yeah. you know, for people who've been following what I do, of course, Jay, he was featured in my first film, my comic shop documentary. Uh, he had his own little segment called The Jay Show. Mm. And then, of course, he was the subject of the spin-off short by Spoon, the Jay Mizell story, right, which chronicled his final days at the Empire State flea market. Yes. So, you know, again, he ran this booth from 1978 until 2013 when yeah. the market closed. So 35 years he spent there, uh, it, you know, it's great to hear you describe I was them. literally
1: there every one of those years.
0: <laughs> well, so, you know, that's, the, so one of the reasons I've been really looking forward to speaking with you yeah. is this episode on Jay's comics mm. in this season on Westchester's comic shop history yeah. is a little, little bit of an outlier for me because all the other stores that I've been talking about are stores that I shopped at right. either on a weekly basis yeah. or on a more casual basis. Jay's comics was a little bit different because I met Jay through alternate realities. Right, um, by the right, time right. I started uh, working at alternate realities, which was 2002, Jay had this routine where he would come in. I mean, like clockwork, Mondays and Thursdays. Occasionally, he would miss, uh, miss a day if he had a doctor's appointment right, or something. Right. But he would usually try to plan around that. Like, he was there pretty much without fail huh. mondays and thursdays he would come in he would have lunch with the store's owner steve odo right right and uh you know if there were books that he needed for customers he would try to get them from steve and you know they would just yeah, kind of sit me he and that. chat yeah like he had yeah. this great routine and that's where i met him so i knew jay through his visits to alternate realities and then it was honestly a few years after that where a few of us took a field trip to the empire state flea market mm. and and finally you know uh, saw him at the booth oh, wow. saw him in his element Uh, and pretty much any of my other visits to the booth over the years Mm. would be just to to visit him uh, just, you know, on a social basis.
1: And how, how long would those visits last?
0: Maybe about an hour Mm -hmm. or so. Interesting. And, uh, and then of course I, you know, go back to, to film for the documentary. So, and while I was there, I would almost always try to buy something. But again, my point being, I wasn't really there primarily as a customer. So I'm so curious to learn what it was like to be a regular customer at Jay's Comics. So, I mean, it,
1: it I want to say, uh, like anything in life, I mean, it evolved over the years. I mean, I was just a kid and my mom is, you know, maybe slightly a bit of a, bit of a collector, uh, hoarder, if you want to be nice, if you don't want to be nice about it. Uh, you know, she, you know, was very good at going to flea markets, finding good deals, buying a lot of stuff and, she knew that I uh knew how to be respectful to Jay and to Jay's booth, and Jay would allow me to hang out there. Uh and it was so it wasn't like I would just go get a couple of books and then and then leave. I would sit there for a while. And this was for years. This was for years. So it was like this. You know, just this thing that I did uh, and, you know, and I would be, you know, there were, you know, like any store, you know, a ton of long boxes and I would flip through the long boxes. Now, one of the things you notice when you go into Jay's booth is that, you know, there's a there's an old timey classic sense to him uh w- you know in in 1978 he was not selling all those posters you know like he oh went,
0: yeah the movie posters yeah, yeah.
1: that was that, that was something that happened later like you know it was just comics it was just comics and comics related things well, it, when i started but he always played uh it used to be cassettes and then it, you know then it moved on to CDs but it was always uh you know jazz standard classics i mean you know he 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 loved all the standards and uh, broadway shows you know he you know he had a real he had a really good taste for uh for for good old music and um but but one thing that he did have since the beginning he always had photographs. He had photographs and, and, uh, and autographs to go along with those photographs. And so he was just really into movies and movie history. And that is something that from, from day one, I mean, you know, I, I was a, you know, a very nerdy kid, a bullied kid. And so I had, you know, I had comics and I had television and those were my friends basically. So, you know, Being a kid in New York in the 70s and 80s in front of a TV that only had like, you know, five channels, they would only show classic movies, you know, all the all the time. It's classic movies. So I know, you know, I know a lot of, you know, a lot of classic movies. And so Jay and I, even though we were decades apart, we spoke the same language and you know we were we were both jewish and we had you know family from new york and
0: of the hebraic persuasion uh, as yeah, he says yeah so of the
1: hebraic yeah <laughs> uh you know whenever um you know whenever i would leave uh jay's jay's booth you know he would tend to say zeigazut you know uh, go with god right like that's uh, he
0: that told is, me go in health um there was always some debate whether he was, whether well, he was, I mean, it was
1: Yiddish, Yiddish is that way. Okay. I think y- Yiddish is that way, you know, depending how how you say it. But I, yeah, I always, I always thought it was uh, go with God. But I mean, like, he's not a godly no. kind of guy. <laughs> uh, you know, I think he probably puts the Rangers above God, uh, you know. But, um, uh, you know, yeah, I, I I think he probably would mean it, like, uh, you know, have good health. Right. It's like, is it but I, I believe it means like go with God. It's like, it's like, it's like, but uh but yeah, we spoke the same language of 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 comics and classic movies, and I and you know, I really liked it, and I think he he really liked that about me. And as I grew older and wanted to read in, you know, instead of just buying these like dollar bags and I want I wanted to read the same book every month, um, he would start to put books aside for me. You know, like a you know, I think everyone you know everyone who goes to a comic sh- comic shop regularly has their own pull list right like that's, sure. that's a standard thing and you know when i went away to sleepaway camp for you know like a couple of years in a row i think that's when that started like he would put the books aside for me and my parents would come pick them up and they would send them to me and you know so like and then i after that i just became it just became a regular thing where you know, I would go to Jay's and, you know, he, you know, he would have all my books for me. And, you know, over time I think my visits became less and less as I got older, but he oh but he always kept the book. So like, you know, instead of every week I got a little bag, it would be every couple of months I got a big I got a bigger bag. Or I went away to college and then, you know, I would get three or four bags, but he always kept it for me and I, you know, and I always always paid him but uh but my visits also grew longer as well. I think when I uh when I got a car and could drive, you know, on the weekend, you know, there wasn't, you know, the, the, there was no internet. <laughs> there was no, you know, the the kind of entertainment that pe- people have today, you know, they didn't they didn't have when I was a kid. And I would I would just go to visit Jay and I would, you know, he would have like two stools in there and like I would sit on one of the stools and you know, but he would also use it like a like a break. He would trust me enough that uh, you know he'd go to the bathroom. He'd get a soda. He'd always bring a soda back for me. Uh, you know, he'd get, get something to eat, and you know, we would we would just sit there and talk. And you know, I I knew the business, so if people were asking like how much this was and how much that was, uh, you know, I could I could tell them. And uh, yeah, I felt we had a very close uh, familial relationship to the point that you know you know, I would come home from college and, you know, I would see him, you know, what used to be like a, like a handshake and as I I would give him like a kiss on the cheek and a big hug. And, uh, you know, I really, I really love, love Jay. Uh, and you know, even when he, his, you know, his store closed in the flea market, I would go to the, go to his house and his, his garage, uh, you know, to see him. Like it was, you know, it's more, I mean, like, I mean, at this point, Jay is getting me books that i barely have an interest in reading anymore, but I just wanted to keep the relationship going. I mean, the guy's getting me Hulk. Like, I haven't read a Hulk book in, you know, I don't know how long, but it's like, you know, if Jay's getting me the Hulk, I'm going to buy the Hulk.
0: I mean, did you ever, like, literally fill out a pull list, or was this just him pulling the stuff that he knew you wanted or thought you wanted?
1: Oh, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I, I, no, I'm an I, anal guy in in the collector okay. respect. And, so oh, this was like a formal. Pull oh list. no no no! Oh yeah, typed, you know, printed. Oh, uh, all right, yeah yeah yeah. That you brought to him. That I that I brought that, that I brought he, like because he wouldn't be typing. <laughs> he would not be typing, and then he you know what he would take my list and then he would write it out, like he would take my list, he would write it out you know in in, in his in his own handwriting, and he would know like things like I want anything uh, Frank Miller was doing, anything Neil Gaiman was doing, like you know he he would know these things, and to this day. Uh, you know, he, you know, some random, you know, Neil Gaiman thing comes out from another publisher, you know, I would show up and he'd be like, oh, I got to this Neil Gaiman thing. And I'd be like, all right,
0: you know, I mean, it sounds like you guys were very much on the same page right off the bat. Totally. So my experience was a little bit different. And I've mm. talked about this before, you know, the first time I met him, I was probably filing back issues at alternate realities right. that first summer. And, you know, he probably came up to me, like, oh, what are you doing, kid? Or, you know, something mm. like that. And, you know, there is that, that gruff exterior. Mm. And I wasn't, like, so offended or anything like that. But I, I can't say I had the warmest initial impression of sure. Jay. But, you know, over time, and it, it didn't take long, uh, you know, you you really come to see the, the, what a sweet person he is and how much kindness yeah. and, and what a warm heart he has. Yeah. Uh, and so I quickly became a fan. And, you know, I mean, to this day, is, you know, he's one of my favorite people. We always talk about, at Alternate Realities in particular, about, you know, what a family we became. And mm-hmm. the owner was very much like a second father to me. Sure. Jay, like like a grandfather. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, very much that, that type of relationship. But, and not, not to knock my own family, but I mean, I feel like I have a closer relationship with Jay than even my own grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. I, no,
1: I could totally see that. I mean, I... Uh, You know, I put out a collection of my So Buttons comics, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, and Jay is in that dedication, you know, like, my grandparents aren't in in that dedication. I mean, they're long gone. But, uh, uh, but Jay, you know, I see him as, uh, you know, um, you know, he, my, my dad was not into comics, my dad took me to, you know, every, every great movie I saw. As a kid, but he he was not into comics, and you know maybe my mom was a little bit, but I think I was definitely a loner in just the the true knowledge of comics, the history of comics, you know all all this kind of stuff. So Jay became that uh, that sort of comics mentor figure, uh, you know in. You know, in in my childhood, so yeah, he's totally like a you know like another dad, uh, you know, uh, a dad of comics.
0: So he would recommend things to you. He would he would recommend things.
1: I mean, I you know, I was just, I was very knowledgeable about what was going on, and and then you know as I got older, my my tastes went a little more uh, independent. So you know, I'm not sure he he always knew the the, the things that are you know, things that I was interested in. But uh, I mean, but he certainly knew that I was really into all that Vertigo stuff and 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 Sandman and uh, but he yeah he he was he's he's classic in in knowing all the all the old Marvel and DC DC stuff uh, you know he like I don't know. If he, you know, if he's ever read a Harvey P. Carr book or an, or any kind of an autobio comic other than what I would give him, if he's even read what I've given him, like I, you know, like I, no, like I don't know that what, he's read my stuff. I don't, you know, I've given it to him, but I don't know that he's read it. And that
0: was one of my questions yeah. actually, because you know, you are a comic book creator, you do this sure. autobiographical comic, yeah. so buttons, right? And yeah, I, yeah. so I was curious if you showed it to him and what uh, what reaction he had. Uh, you know, I showed him. I think I
1: I gave him little. So what I do, I I guess I call them mini comics. Uh, you know, I'll, I think a regular comic book person, you know, who just gets superhero books, like maybe they would see these things and call them ash cans, right? Like okay. It's like, so it's basically like a like an eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper folded in half, and uh, there are a lot of uh, you know, you know, there are a lot of people who go to like San Diego Con and New York Comic Con, but there are all these smaller. Uh, indie kind of conventions, small press conventions, and that's, you know, that's where I go and sell my books, and and at those places, you'll see mini-comics. So, you know, so I would give him some of my mini-comics, and, you know, I don't don't know if he ever really (laughs) had a response to them, but I gave him the book, and I'm pretty sure that he was affected by seeing the dedication in that book. So that, uh, you know, that I know touched him and it touched me that he was touched. So, you know, I don't know that he then went on and read the whole book, but, but, you know, I know that he was, he was touched by the dedication. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't know if that's his thing. I mean, I think, I think he, you know, even as an older guy, he's still like the good superhero book. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, I mean, you've already touched on this, but yes, you know, he, he is, he's still with us, you know, very much, uh, you know, a man out of time and his tastes, whether we're talking about movies or music or comics, run very much, you know, to the classics. Uh, and he's very specific about that. It's funny, you mentioned at the top, you're, you're, you're mad that you weren't in the documentary. Yeah. You know, it's it's the sort of thing where it's like, you know, I was limited, you know, I had to rely on Jay in terms of, you know. I know, informa- I can't believe he didn't bring and me And it's up. the sort of thing, Literally like, his oldest customer on the planet. Yeah, it's like Jay, Like who? like who are the customers <laughs> I should talk to? I don't know. You know, so it was very much it's that. So funny. the the customers who ended up in the movie, they, yeah. they were they're in there because they happened to be at the booth while we were filming. Like nothing was set up yeah, in advance yeah, yeah. because it's kind of tough. You know, I asked him too about like any former students because again, mm. he was the social studies teacher in Harlem for for decades. Yeah, you know, and it would have been I would have loved you know to talk to a former student of his, uh, but you know, it was just it was a little hard to get that information out of him. So it certainly was nothing. I don't personal. know
1: that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know that he. I don't know that he's that you know, that kind of guy, right? Like, if he didn't think of me, uh, I mean, whatever, I'm like, I don't know if tooting my own horn is the right expression, but like, you know, if he didn't think of me, I mean, I don't, I was never aware of him uh, ever talking about his students or, 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 you know, telling me that like, oh yeah, like this student contacted him or that student contacted him. You know, he... You know, I don't know that he, like he was, I don't know that he loved that job. Like, you know, like he he did that job and I think he even quit before he could get like the maximum hmm. retirement or pension or whatever. You know, I think he, at just one point, he was just like, I'm done. Because, you know, I mean, I can't imagine what it would have been like trying to be a teacher in New York City and like a New York City that, you know, like New York City was tough in the 70s and 80s like it was that was a that was a really that was a really tough time I mean, this the the, the the money was not coming into the city people were leaving the city i mean that's the whole reason i even went to the porchester market is cuz you know every, you know everyone like me left the bronx and moved to westchester right. so you know i don't uh, yeah i don't i don't know that, that that was like his favorite job but i mean but yeah, I clearly, get that sense as well but but you know but there is something about him that is, is Teacher Lee, right? Like you know, like that's he, like he wants, he wants to teach and he he likes kids learning, which I think is probably why we probably talked more about movies and music more than comics in that booth. Like you know, like I bought my comics. I mean, it was funny. I mean, towards uh, towards those last years, like you know, like I said, like when I went to college and the, you know, I really didn't go didn't go back to westchester very much when when i went back when i moved to into the city um it got to the point where he didn't even add up the books anymore like i got my books i added it up like i knew what discount you know he he would give me and i would just go like, here's the money. Like, that's the relationship he had. Like, he trusted me that I wasn't going to screw him. And, you know, like, you know, he knew that he, you know, that I was getting a deal and whatever it was. And, you know, it was that very, you know, that very trusting relationship. But we didn't, talk about the comics that i was buying you know we talked about you know like oh you know like we're flipping through his movie posters and talking about great old movies and you know these autographs and you know i wasn't much a much of a sports guy but he he was he was you know a rare person who's into hockey yeah you yeah, know no, i'm it's like true. i'm like hockey i'm like i am like hockey i like i do not know how you and
0: you he know. would sell the sports memorabilia autographed jerseys things oh, yeah, like that yeah you know i know it's true you don't you don't often see that combination of comics and sports Right, I mean, I do though you know there 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 was that
1: there was that time in in the nineties right where you had uh where trading cards were also really big. I don't think Jay was big with the trading cards i mean he he had them out, but uh, I don't think he liked them or cared for them, but uh other stores uh had you know uh, baseball cards, but they also got into the, the non-sport stuff, which is uh, when I worked at the Tops company, I dealt with that stuff. I was doing like Star Wars cards and X-Files cards and, you know, all that kind of stuff.
0: Gotcha. You know, it's funny. Initially, I was going to ask you, like, why did you end up at Jay's Comics instead of other stores in the area? But Mm. that time period, I mean, there weren't a lot of other comic shops, right? When was it that you said you moved up to Westchester, 77? So it was
1: probably, it was 77. And right, if that store started in 78, I had to have been one of the first customers. Like, it just had had to be. Uh, I'm trying to remember any other comic book stores. I mean, you had mentioned... um, that uh, right, there was Heroes World and the Galleria, but that I mean that wasn't even wasn't there. in like The eighties, yeah, yeah that, yeah, that wasn't even there in the seventies. Um, there was there was a shop for a few years on Mamaronek Avenue, down, down a little down from the movie theater. I feel like that guy had a cat in there that would piss on the comic comic boxes. Like that guy was a total fucking mess, um, you know. But I, yeah, I don't really remember a lot of other comic shops. I, I you know you know I, I, you know and and. The booth in the flea market w- was good enough. I mean, right. all, you know, all, at the time, all I was reading was Marvel in Marvel in DC, uh, you know, and that—that's all, really, all there was. Um, and uh, you know, I think comics were were leaving the newsstands uh, in the '80s when it was like the right. shift over yeah, into the direct market. into the direct market. So, uh, so yeah, you know, like, I, like it—it—it it, it gave me everyth- everything I needed. Uh, I mean, I grew up in Harrison, and there was certainly no comic shop. I think. Ever in Harrison though I think there's one now right like, There is yeah All Yeah Comics Oh yeah which is like run by like partially owned by Mark Wade right he's He is one of the owners one yeah. of the great uh, greatest comic writers of all time Yeah for sure But yeah there was no comic shop in Harrison So I think Porchester was as close as it could be and it uh, I think it was like 5 minutes away I mean you're only 10 minutes away from it right now
0: That's true I mean, It doesn't right exist on, anymore but hop uh, right on 287 yeah. you get right there Yeah 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 for sure I mean once other comic book specialty shops started opening in the area. Mm. You know, we we talked about this beforehand, off mic, but yeah. I know you you explored them. But was there any temptation to have one of those stores be your regular spot, or Never. was it always going to be Jay?
1: It was always going to be Jay. It was. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, Jay is like a like a family member. I mean, I think even, um, you know, like he enjoyed talking you know, talking to my mom. Like, I'd be there for like an hour, two hours, but then my mom would show up, and then they, you know they would talk. And my my dad doesn't. My dad doesn't talk very much, but like even they
0: would talk, you know, like they Yeah, you know, I met like, your parents at uh one of the film festivals. Oh yeah, I, I, the yeah, I sent them to the screening. I sent yeah. them to the screening. No, I was so I was so glad that they came. Yeah. Well yeah. They I
1: mean, they are they're extremely supportive people. They will they will go at anything. I mean, to this day, I feel like since my dad, uh my brother and I, we were, you know, we we were in the in the band and uh we're in, in dramas and plays and all that stuff. You know, they spent a lot, you know, a lot of their life going to all these, you know, high school shows and concerts and stuff. My parents still go to, like, high school, other kids' high school concerts. Like, you know, huh. it's like, oh, you know, uh, they're putting on Phantom of the Opera Nayak, I, I, I gotta go see that. I gotta go. I hear it's very good. It's very good. Um but, uh, you know, I mentioned that like, oh, there's a documentary about Jay. Well, they, oh, they got to go to that. Of course, they got to go to that. So
0: I got to say, it's, you know, I've made four documentaries now. They've all gotten into festivals and stuff, which is nice. By Spoon is the only one that's won. It won Best Documentary twice. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't say that to toot my own horn. I mean, Jay, as far as documentary subjects go. That's a, That's a guy. You can't ask for much no, more. No, though I Though, I, it's, it's funny. I've never heard him say that
1: By Spoon thing. I've never, <laughs> n- I n- never heard by spoon. I was like,
0: by spoon, what is by spoon? I don't know what that is. Yeah. Well, as you saw in the, yeah. in the movie and specifically the bloopers, he doesn't even really know where that comes from. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, he was a fantastic subject. It's funny though. So, you know, someone listening to this might be wondering, well, you're doing an episode on Jay's comics. Where's Jay. Right. So I I tried <laughs> valiantly I think yeah to have Jay on the podcast in season one of uh-huh. my comic shop history and you know it, it was a little tough to really get him to focus on on what we were doing and honestly I, I should have known what I was getting myself into because would he not talking to the mic or he the- wouldn't talk into the mic yeah, thing, yeah, yeah you know and also it was Doesn't it was so it. weird like despite. You know, being very familiar with radio, like, and I really just, I was like, it's just like a radio show, like we're just doing a radio show. Mm. <laughs> but I think he had a hard time wrapping his head around what exactly we were doing, huh. and yes, yeah, so it was hard to get him to like l- literally focus on the microphone mm. and then just kind of focus on our conversation. I, I, I don't know, I don't know, but oh, you should try again. Well, but so, but again, I shouldn't have been surprised because when I when I filmed him for the documentary. You know, there there were a few moments in the film where you see footage of the sit-down interview that we did in mm. his living room. We filmed that for, I don't know, three, four hours. I mean, it was the better part of, of a day that I mm. spent. And only a few little snippets made it in. I got much better footage just on the spot, in action, at the booth. Like, yeah. sitting him down yeah. and, like, putting him on the spot and pointing a camera at him and not moving. It You know, I got some good material, but really, where the gold came was just kind of following him around. Yeah you know, and so in that
1: that little booth,
0: that's, I think that's more conducive to, uh, to really getting some great Jay content. So, so that was one piece of why he's not here now. Yeah. (laughs) The other thing is, you know, sometimes self-reflection, you know, can be difficult. So for me to say to him, like, what do you think you meant to the customers who shop there? I don't know that he'd be able to answer that, but I can ask you, what did it mean to have that relationship with Jay? So I wanted to get that Mm. different perspective. And then logistically speaking, um, so Jay's no longer living in Hartsdale right um, Very, very sadly um, his, his wife Alice passed away mm. uh, at the end of 2018 and um, you know Jay's now living uh, with his daughter in Connecticut but uh, it's not like Stanford, Connecticut. He's like two hours away yeah so yeah, I logistically I like, I didn't know you know where that was. Yeah. yeah it would have been really challenging yeah. um, but I, I wanted to do this type of episode because I For think sure. it'd be interesting to get this perspective.
1: Do you know if uh, did he get to keep the dog?
0: Uh, no, they found a home for the dog. Oh yeah. yeah, like
1: a, like a nice pit bull.
0: They found a home for the dog Mm. and uh, I know they're in the process of selling the house. And Jay recently sold, uh, really the bulk of the comics that he had amassed. I mean, there were over a hundred long boxes of comics in a crawl space and he sold them to one of his former customers. Oh. Um, and there was, you know, there was some really good stuff he had just as an example, like the Frank Miller Daredevil run, like there were certain issues oh, he course. had like 20 copies of. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we were joking about it. It's like, here's Jay Mizell coming. He could come along and like control the the value, the market value of these comics because he mm. like can t- controls good bulk of the supply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Very well, interesting. How funny. Uh, but so, you know, Jay is, you know, <laughs> still with us, but not living one town over uh, anymore. So, yeah. You know, oh, sadly, a- I don't know how frequently we'll see him over you know yeah i don't know i mean uh you know
1: i you know i think of the past few years because i had a i had a a kid three years ago and uh yeah that really put a damper on you know like like i basically forced my parents to come to me in the city like you know it's just sort of like everything is about the kids schedule so i would get to see jay once twice a year tops uh, you know at at his house and he would just call me every once in a while he would go all right jonathan you know the, the you know these bags is too many bags, too many bags, kid. Got to got to come up here, and uh, I was like, oh, okay, you know, like I'll 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 figure it out. I'll figure it out, Jay. You know, my kid will take a nap, and I'll just zoom zoom up to Westchester. So I saw him a, a few times at, at that space, and you know, and it's it's kind of funny, right? Like he opens up a garage door, and it's like you know, it's you know, like the it, booth in the winter, right? It's bigger than the booth. It's even it's bigger than the booth, uh, but uh, but right, it's still pretty enclosed, but. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, I'm a little, yeah, a little surprised and, and and sad that I haven't heard from him in a while. But now I know, I know why that is. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I guess does that mean that uh, uh, has he did he contact any of his customers like the like you know because like there are customers who had pull lists so you know that still kept pull lists but maybe they're like me maybe maybe they kept it going just to keep the relationship going. Didn't really need the books, uh, books as much.
0: Yeah, I I don't know offhand, but I, I do know even prior to Alice's passing, he was planning, and I think he actually did close his diamond account. So he did get to the point where oh wow. uh, he was he was not because again you know the, the market closed in two thousand thirteen and yeah, he moved yeah, yeah. everything as you said to his garage, uh, and and was still operating. Uh, but he got to a point where you know I think people were coming so few people were coming and it was so infrequent. Uh, that he finally did get to the point where he was going to throw in the towel. Oh, I, wow. I believe he did actually close his diamond account. So oh, wow. I don't know if he let everybody know. I, I assume he did, but I'm not 100 yeah. percent sure. Oh yeah, he did not let me know.
1: Did not let me know. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know.
0: And I, and and you know, you could you you
1: could think about you could think about that uh, in a couple of different ways. Like you know, because I know I know how I feel about Jay, and I know how Jay feels about me when we are together. But, you know, I don't know if, um, uh, right, like, if for, for him to call me, would that mean that we were close that he was calling me? Or does it mean that we're closer because he didn't want to call me? Hmm. You know, and I, you know, I think Jay, Jay is a complicated man with a complicated family history. sure. Uh, so I think there's a little bit of that, that that goes on with him when it comes to you know having having relationships with with other people.
0: Yeah, no, this is I mean, this is true. So, you know, for for listeners of this podcast who saw Jay in either of the documentaries, you know, you know what he's like, you know, for those who haven't, you know, we've been describing Mm -hmm. him and uh, doing some impressions. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, Jay is this like larger than life character. You don't meet many people like him. I can't imagine many customers at the booth anyone who spent more than a few minutes with him easily forgetting him. I feel like he's someone who, re- who stays with you. He makes an impression.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and sometimes literally cuz he would like smack your <laughs> smack your hand <laughs> if you're like bending bending the cover of a comic book. Meanwhile, he's not gentle himself with the books, which is funny. He it is funny. It is funny, you know, cuz uh, right, like I like I know in stores in New York, right? Like you will have people like I used I remember when I was working for HBO Uh, you know, near HBO Studios down the street was a shop called Cosmic Comics. Uh, And you would go in and every Wednesday, which of course is comic book day, uh, you know, you would see people and there would be 50 copies of, let's say, an issue of Spider-Man. And they would be thumbing through every single one of those issues to find the one that was more mint than all the other ones. You know, Jay you know, had a paper bag and he would take the books and, and, you know, with these like sausage thumbs, like, you know, like shove the book in the, you know, in the paper bag and, you know, and I, uh, I like that, you know, it's like this, this because mi- mixture of, you know, reverence, because you have reverence for these comics, but also like, you know, they are just, just pieces of paper that you read and, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people throw it away. I think when I, when I interned at Marvel in 94, uh, I was on, you know, as an intern, we were on like the comp list. And so every week, and it was during the, you know, 94, that was that peak time where people, everybody was selling comics on the street, you know, like, it was just crazy. They were just printing crap just because, you know, there were speculators were insane. And uh, so you would get this stack of books every week, a stack of books, a stack of books. And you would just kind of go like, ugh. Like comics worth nothing. It's like they're worthless, you know. And uh, and you wind up just focusing on the ones that you that you like and that you that you really care about. And and comics become special again in that way, you know. But like it's it's funny. So yeah, Jay, yeah, he would just take those books and he would just like shove them in a shove them in a bag, <laughs> some paper bag, you yeah. know, and really tight in there too. Like you know, like all of my bags, you know. And he would keep those bags. Like sometimes he would. Because the one that he would write my name on, it would say John B. Uh, you know, there would be like twenty books shoved in there, and he'd take out the twenty, put it in a new bag, but he would keep the old bag. And I'm telling you, some of those bags were so worn and ripped from like him storing my comics in there for for year for years. You know, it was it was hilarious. I would just say, Jay, he's like, give me a new bag. <laughs> this is ridiculous. You got you know, like got all these bags. Give me a new bag. But uh, yeah, no, he was he was funny that way. Jay, at the so when you met Jay, he had probably stopped smoking at that point. Yeah, I knew Jay as a smoker almost the like the entirety of like the over thirty years that I, he huh. smoked unfiltered camels. Wow, and you know he, I, if I had to take a guess, he probably smoked in the booth. In the, like in the 70s and 80s. But I bet you at some point, some regulation told him that he had to smoke outside. But, you know, the breath and the booth still smelled like cigarettes. And just recently, um, you know, I I went into like a local sort of postal store, you know, you can get a PO box, whatever. And that guy smoked cigarettes in in the store because it was just, you know, like it was grandfathered in. He could do whatever the hell he wanted in that store. And uh, and that place smelled, you know, to high heaven of the of, of smoke, and I was like, that's what Jay's comic smelled like, paper and smoke
0: oh, and interesting. cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. So the cigarette smell, uh, not being uh, all that delicate with the books themselves. Yeah. Uh, Always, always searching for something because there was never a time that I saw him where he wasn't like, I can't remember where I put this. Like there was always something that he was forever searching for something. Oh yeah, because uh, you know, like with the
1: pull list you would think that would be the most straightforward thing it was basically alphabetical <laughs> alphabetical order and uh, but you know but he'd be like ah oh, let me move let me move this box from over here to over, over, over there, Jonathan hold this hold this you know move, move it around and uh, but but yeah it, it, like you know I would be there for a couple of hours and you know these random customers would come by and the guy would be like hey Jay did you get me this thing or did you get me get me that thing and then like it would be like a half hour process of him trying to like find Find this thing, you know. I mean, he would—he would almost always find it. Uh, but, uh, but it was, yeah. He was—he was he was very he was very funny that way. Uh, the other thing was that I think he—he he did not have maybe the best system in the world of putting together uh, everyone's pull list, which is why he would go to alternate realities, right? Like, you know, like, you know, I—I I would be gone for you know three to six months at a time. And, you know, I'd have a run of, you know, like, oh, here's Hellblazer, you know, 141, 142, 144, 140, you know, like, hey, what happened to 143, you know, so, you know, he would write, he would write it down, he goes, Jonathan, you don't come often enough, you know. Well,
0: that's the thing, too, it's not like he had, you know, a great filing system or one one notebook or anything like that, it's like scraps of paper. Yeah. that he would just write stuff down on.
1: Right, he would, right. There were scraps of paper, but at least the pull list was in a binder. Like okay. I always knew to go to the binder. And it's funny because I would be almost be afraid uh, to cancel a book sometimes because like he would have ordered it from Diamond, you know, two months previous or three months previous. So I would like sneak the book and I'd be like, all right, I don't want, you know, like... I don't want web of Spider-Man anymore. You know, <laughs> I gotta, right. like, cancel web of Spider-Man, you know, but uh, yeah, a, a very, very unorganized. And, you know, he, he was always trying to push. He goes, he goes, oh, wait, wait, you like, you like King Kong? I got, a, I got a photo of Fay Ray. I got a photo, <laughs> a photo of Fay Ray. She's beautiful. Beautiful. Veronica Lake. Everybody loves Veronica Lake. I was like, Jay, I don't, I don't need a Veronica Lake photo.
0: The last time I visited him uh, at his garage, he mm-hmm. gave me a photo. Uh, so I'm a huge Rocky fan. And I love oh, Stallone, sure. and he gave me a photo of Stallone. I forget the movie that it was from, but it's him like running through a field or something. Out of, right out of, out of his filing cabinet. Not not Rocky Ford. It no, was not like that a training one. sequence. It wasn't that one. It's funny. But so you know, uh, so you said the movie posters weren't part of the booth originally. No, I mean he always had photos, but then eventually, but then you
1: know, I think when I went away to college. Right, he had a box, you yeah. know, like a like a, like post, a milk po- like a milk crate, a milk crate, and there were like these reduced posters. And I never really understood, <laughs> I never really understood wh- like why he did that. He other, liked he liked them, other than he. But I mean, but the posters themselves were not high quality prints of posters. Like they, you know, they were whatever. They were like color copies. In a in a in a mylar you know, hard mylar protector. It was like eleven by fourteen, I yeah, think, for the and, dimensions. And, and you know, like I, yeah, I never I never really got that. I never really other other than like the movies were good. Like it's like he's getting them of classic movies. So I think he would like to look through them to remember good movies. Like, you know, like I yeah. like a, like I appreciate wanting to see, you know, the the good movies, but I think what he what what was kind of unique or maybe more unique was that he would he would seek autographs and then he really liked crafting um the frames like he he enjoyed cutting out cutting out the signatures and making special mats and like he really liked putting together the frame I think that for him that was, there was something artistic about it that huh. that, that he could do and so he, he you know you would see in the booth he you know it would be whatever like a picture of mickey mantle you know and the, and the picture was like a cheap picture but but he would have you know he would go to a, an auction or something and get the get random signatures like oh mickey mantle signed some contract or something and cut up the mickey mantle's signature and then would you know do a die cut mat and you know put it in there next to the picture and he yeah he he loved doing that he loved doing that i'm pretty sure i bought my dad you know a couple of you know j framed Photos of uh, of like Ebbets Field, you know, oh, nice. for the Brooklyn Dodgers, because you know he knew, you know, my dad was a big. Uh, he grew up in Brooklyn, was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan, uh, you know. So yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I bought a couple of those frames for you know for my parents.
0: Yeah, I didn't know so much about the frames, but you know certainly yeah. the movie posters, and yeah. you know when. The time came for the final move out when the market was mm. closing so you know i was there filming piece of it but i actually did help as well and i brought I carried those uh, milk crates of movie posters they're not light no uh, and he and he had a lot and they made their way back to the garage um but yeah they were like these 11, 14, 11 by 14 uh you know reprints like you said the quality was not great and that's in the documentary one of yeah. our interviewees is like like the the quality's terrible, like but yeah. I don't think Jake can tell, or he didn't care. I mean, yeah. I think there was very much that sense of he loved these movies, he yeah. liked the visual representation, and he wanted others to yeah, a lot of film to share and, that.
1: Yeah, no, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good stuff. You know,
0: and way. I and I, you know, I'm sure, sure you you witnessed this frustration on his part when others, you know, didn't didn't share that appreciation or you know right. Totally. I mean, right. I mean, I
1: I'm a different kind of a guy for my age and certainly when i was younger you know to be a teenager and know classic movies and you know understand who the directors are and who all the who all the actors are and then you know he he like it's you know he he would always complain about the clientele at uh yeah let's talk about this at, at the flea market i mean he he would go. I'm the only quality booth in here. You know, like you know, like uh, what I've got is quality. Everything else is crap and sneakers and you know. <clears throat> um, I'm gonna take a sip of water. Yeah, go
0: for it. But no, I mean it's it's very true, and you know that that is represented in the documentary. Yes, it is. He, and it, that was a tough moment, and that was a line to walk because you know he he speci- specifically calls out the you know he calls the 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 Latin population and the yes. changing demographics yes. of the market
1: yep yeah I you know I I don't know that uh, I mean I wouldn't I I wouldn't go as far as to say that uh, that Jay was like a like a prejudiced guy no I think he was a guy who appreciated smarter people I mean he's an educated guy he was a teacher he wanted kids to elevate themselves and so you know I you know, walking around the flea market. It's true. It's like, ah, it's like a bunch of bums, right? (laughs) Like, you know, like looking for cheap shit, you know? And, and, you know, he was offering what he thought was classy material, uh, you know, classy things for, you know, a different, you know, like 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 a different kind of person. And I think he was always hoping that, you know, the customers would find him and, you know, sort of like, be a little bit more fascinated with with what he had to offer. And I, you know, I think, you know, at at best, you know, he would have people wanting a Batman comic or a Super, right. Superman comic for their kid, you know.
0: But I think, you know, I think that's an important point, you know. And so I wanted to make sure that we address that in the movie because it's, it's a part of him and his personality. But he says in the movie, he's like, I am a snob, but not a snob based on race. I just right. ignorance. Yes, that and is I, true. And I think for him, you know, he spent all those weekends, right? So he was at the market. Friday to Sunday it was a weekend right. weekend endeavor. Right. And so he would see all of these customers in the market either passing his booth by entirely right. or stopping, as he would say, like sticking their hands and everything and then walking away. And I think, you know, that ate away at him. And I was thinking about mm-hmm. this in advance of speaking with you tonight. You know, at Alternate Realities, we would inevitably have people who came in and just browsed, Right. But it didn't happen all the time. Like we were next to a couple of restaurants. So sometimes like on a Friday night, a family would come in. You could kind of get the sense they're probably not going to buy anything. They're looking to kill time until Mm -hmm. a table opens up. But I would say, you know, the vast, vast majority of people coming in were either our like regular customers or semi-regulars. They were usually there to buy something. But for Jay, you know, being in that flea market environment where you're getting a lot of people coming in who are not necessarily like anyone who stepped foot into the comic Mm -hmm. shop. Again, typically would buy something, for the most part. But you have people coming into that market right. for anything. So I think seeing all of those people passing him by, I think it kind of eats away at you.
1: It's so funny. You know what? I have never all of some. I'm in therapy. Uh, I you know I never really made this uh, this comparison for myself. But you know I think that what I do with the with autobiocomics, and because I'm just a writer, uh, and I don't you know, and and I hire artists. In the scene that I'm in, uh, pretty much everyone is just like a self-sustained creator. They're both a writer and, you know, and an artist. And, uh, you know, there's like a, there's like an auteur or artiste thing uh, going on there. So I do a bunch of, you know, a bunch of conventions a year. And right, there are people that pass in front of me all the time. Like just all, you know, they'll, or, you know, maybe they'll take a look at a book you know, and and they walk on by and I go, why wouldn't they want to take a look at it a little while longer? Why wouldn't they want to pick one up? Why wouldn't they want to flip through it? Like, you know, and and you know, on like, right, on on that level, and, and it drives me crazy and it's just one weekend, you know, yeah. a couple of weekends a year. For Jay to experience that every single weekend. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, maybe you know, I think Jay, you know, Jay was a guy that had I think that guy had a certain amount of uh anger and passion about him as a, a as a new yorker, and it was more like a like a venting tool that he would that he would right. grumble about
0: this stuff. i don't get no respect like that no type right
1: uh, i don't get no respect but you know you would see a parent and then a little kid, and you know he would be you know, at first, like you, like a, like a, like a parent would almost be shocked because it, it's like he's being mean or something. Like, don't bend the corners, you know. And but like the second that the kid listened and like respected what he said and you know I was actually looking at it with interest, Jay would. I would see Jay give comics away. Yes, all he the, did for sure all the time. Jay would give comics away, especially. To little kids, especially to little kids, and you know he, you know that was uh, that was a big, warm, soft spot, and and probably, you know, by seeing that over the years, as, as I matured as a person, you know, I just got to see, you know, what a, you know, I got to see the like what a three dimensional human being looks like, you know, it, like Jay was a was a fully formed, you know, character. Uh, to me, not just you know, not just uh, a guy in a store. You know, yeah. like the Jay was a he was a, a a real human being with all kinds of facets to him. Uh, you know, and uh, but yeah, those those are some of my sort of favorite Jay moments where he, <laughs> right, like there'd be a little kid and you would see the way that Jay used his voice so pointedly, and that kid would be scared and the mother would be angry. And then there would be a switch, right there would just be this switch where the kid got it and and Jay saw that in the kid, and you know he wanted to make sure that kid had you know had something to read uh and and that was uh that was beautiful about him that was beautiful about him
0: yeah. no i mean that's that's well said, and it's very true I mean you know you could see him slap someone's hand away from a book and yell and curse at someone, (laughs) but, but also being incredibly, you know, kind and generous. And like you said, giving someone a comic and things like that. So he definitely did have those does. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, but in the past, in the past tense, in the sense that the booth isn't there anymore. Exactly. The 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 business isn't there. You know, Jay, the comics retailer is, is a thing of the past. Yes. You know, how, how, if at all, because maybe the answer is he didn't, (laughs) did he change over the years? in all the time that you knew. I mean, well, I guess probably the biggest change probably in the in the last few years, would that m- be fair to say?
1: Maybe. I mean, maybe. I mean, I mean, when I started going, right? It was J, it was Jay and Shelley. So, I remember being really scared of Jay cuz you know, Shelley was the, you know, the, the boisterous, friendly one, but at some point, and I don't know if it was like that, that Shelley I, you know, I, I think Shelley's passed, so like maybe it's okay to say, <laughs> talk about him. But like, I think he was bad with money. <laughs> like, I think he, you know, and, and I, I think things did not work out for him in life. And you know, he, it was Jay's. It became Jay's booth, and I remember uh, being like, "All right, I'll still go." Um, you know, if it if it's just Jay, but it was that it, it it was then that you know jay saw that uh that i was loyal to the booth loyal to him and, you know, and that business that that something warmed up and so for it was a more of a a personal change that you know that, that i noticed this other other dimension to him but as far as like you know did he change from someone who you know would slap your hand away to not slap your hand away. Like, no, like that, you know, I, I think he was a very, like very consistent. Uh, I mean, he had some, uh, he had some health scares, I think because of the the the, the smoking of unfiltered, you know, like he started to get some emphysema and he was, I think he was de- like deathly afraid of like, you know, having to struggle to, to breathe. It really, really, um like shocked him to his his core, I think, and uh, that is that is something that that changed where he decided that uh, you know he wanted to live and he wanted to live live in a way that he wanted wanted to live, and he yeah he stopped he stopped smoking. I remember thinking
0: like I like I
1: could barely believe that he had, he had changed that about
0: himself. How how quickly and easily did he do that? I feel like I feel like
1: it was the. I, I feel like he went to a doctor, the doctor said, you're gonna get emphysema. And you know, like, you ever seen a guy with emphysema? You ever see a guy breathe at the, at the end? You know, like, is that what you want? I think it was very quick. I, I do think it was very quick. I think, you know, maybe there were other periods where, where he was like, oh yeah, I'm, like, I'm thinking, about, thinking about quitting. But I think when it was really serious, uh, I, think it was, I think it was like that. He was like, I am not gonna go, go out like that. And he stopped. And that was yeah, that was a, that was a big surprise.
0: Did you ever drive with him? With him driving?
1: I don't, I don't recall. I you know, I feel like going out with him to take a, take a box to his car was as close as I ever got to driving. <laughs> with I can't imagine what that was like. Did you drive with Jay?
0: I filmed him while while he was driving. So was he
1: like a was he was he one of these people that like screams at all the all the cars on the road
0: yeah there was a little bit of that but the thing <laughs> that surprised me most the guys got a bit of a lead foot he was going fast oh yeah yeah this was uh, from Hartsdale to the booth on 287 oh, yeah. and i was demon you know and I'm, I'm you know sitting sideways like with the camera and i'm like please don't let us get like, uh, let us get there safely my dad is like that i don't know why i you know, like and he was always like that yeah the guy drives
1: Guy drives into my, you know, into the into the driveway at the house, and there's a tree there. And every, almost every time you think he's going a little too fast, he's gonna hit that fucking tree. And he, he never does, but like, you know, like, yeah, I'm like, one of these days you gonna hit that tree. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I could, I could see that. I could see that about Jay, like driving, driving really fast. I don't know if that's a New York-y thing at all. Like you know, like mm-hmm. Jay, you know, Jay, Jay's from the Lower East Side. You yeah. Know, like, so, you know, that's the other thing. You know, when I, I went to NYU and then after NYU, I, you know, I, I, I lived on the Lower East Side. And so we would even, re- you know, he would reminisce about that. Like, you know, he'd be like, oh, how's this street? How's that street? I go, like, <laughs> it's there, <laughs> you know. Street's still there, Katz's,
0: yeah. Russ and Daughters. So. Uh, another characteristic of Jay, self-described Luddite, famously averse to technology. Mm. I assume this is something you observed at at, uh, at the booth. yeah, I mean, I feel like you know, like he he would have
1: a phone at the booth and you know you you could try to like you could try to call him, but he really had to be there and he had to wanna want to pick up. and it took him many I think it took him a lot of years to get an answering machine, and I'm pretty sure he did not really know how to use it, you know, like he he used it more as like a screener than a Than an actual machine to like you know rewind back, and you know I wanted to be able to keep touch with him once email was a thing. And he was like, he's like, ah, you know, I don't like, I don't want, that, I don't want that email and I, you know, I don't want that. And, and I was like, Jay, you know, you have, a, you have a good collection of books. Like I was, you know, like I was one of the first, first people I feel that like really adopted eBay as a place to get like back issues that no one could find. Right. And I was like, Jay, you have a collection of, 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 of good books. Like you could be making money on eBay, it's not hard, like, I will, you know, it's like, oh, I'll buy issue Miracle Man 15, and then sell it for four times as much, I was like, you could, you could sell books that you already have for good money, like, you know, and he, yeah, he's not, not interested, just not interested in, in the web, and the internet, and, you know, like, I would mention it, he'd be like, ugh, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he, he, you know, was and remains very, Critical and dismissive, I think, of a lot of modern life and modern mm. society. He do, He's. I mean, he's been very vocal about the fact that he doesn't like a lot about our world today. You know, and remains very much that man out of time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, right. It totally matches with the fact that his interests are in you know in older music and uh, in and and older movies. But you know, I don't know. I want to be like uh, th- that guy's right. That guy's right, you know, movies stink, television stinks, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, you could say that, sure, there's, you know, there's a, maybe there's a, he missed a golden age between, you know, Sopranos and Breaking Bad or something. But, uh, you know, uh, he, I don't, I don't think he's missed much. And and the, and the discourse that is, uh, that is out there on social media, I can't imagine there's. Anything of any interest to him. True. Although surprisingly,
0: you know, he does have a Facebook profile. He hasn't done anything with it in a long time. He does. Again, he's not been active in a very, very long time. But there was a period where he, he was. Like he would write a birthday message or he would comment on a photo or a post. It wasn't all the time, but it was occasional. And it was like... I can't even It imagine was it. amazing to like see like one notification from Jay Mizell. It's like what? I can't even I can't <laughs> even imagine it.
1: I can't imagine. You
0: know, so he, he dabbled at least a little bit, but uh yeah. again didn't I'm sure get, it held didn't him get n- very far.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he had no no he looked looked at that for five minutes and was like,
0: what is the point? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's it's interesting. Again, I don't feel like you meet many people like him, certainly not anymore. Mm-hmm. And You know, we're in a time now of you know uh, of political correctness, and Mm. you know, there's a lot to be said, of course, for being respectful of of others and of different uh, you know backgrounds and perspectives that people have. But there's also something to be said. I mean, there's something very refreshing about a Jay Mizell type personality who you never know what's going to come out of his mouth.
1: Yeah, I I love a curmudgeon, and I. Don't, I don't know, I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know if it's because I'm conditioned to love a curmudgeon because of Jay Mizell. You know, ah, like Jay, yeah. Jay is my first curmudgeon. Uh, but, I, you know, I do love brassy people. I like people who, you know, speak their mind uh, and, you know, right, that are, that are not quite... Uh, PC, you know, like I, I listen to Howard Stern every morning, and you know, have for twenty years. Um, so you know, I, I I do like that kind of person, but it's but but it's true you cannot, unless you know, unless you're like you know some asshole like Trump, you can't really uh, can't really do that so much anymore. And like and, and I want to say like there's a part of that that is good right Right. i mean like like, that's good like not everybody should should say everything you know especially when it's a little little off color and and disrespectful but uh right there there is there is the romanticism of the curmudgeon but i think the curmudgeon always has that uh that good heart underneath you know yes
0: i think that's an exactly that's an important that's always there Otherwise, otherwise
1: otherwise you're just a schmuck right like you know like, like if you're just 100% schmuck then then that won't do it but jay you know jay jay was not a schmuck jay jay was a curmudgeon with a heart of gold you know like he there's 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 so much there's so much good to him um you know and you know he was not disrespectful to to people he was respectful of his space Mm-hmm. And wanted you to respect his space. And if you did respect his space, he would show you equal respect and, and maybe even, you know, leave you with a little something extra.
0: Yes. No, agreed hundred yep. percent. And, you know, again, whether or not more people should be like Jay, you know, I'm so grateful to have been exposed to him and to that type of personality. Um I think it just, I don't know, it gives you, you know, you're able to roll with the punches a little bit more when you're used to dealing with someone like Jay. And, you know, one of the things I was going to ask you is, like, how, how if at all, has has Jay and your relationship with Jay mm. shaped your worldview? And and I think you kind of hit on it, the fact that, you know, you're more open to a curmudgeon yeah, probably because of him. And I, I feel like I've experienced something similar. I've gone to so many comic shops and so many great retailers who I've met, but there's always that little part of me that's, like, hoping... To meet like a Jay esque character, and I really haven't. Mm. You know,
1: yeah. I mean, right. Comic shop, right? Because because a lot of the like, if you like, you watch The Simpsons, right? Like you've got you've got the comic book guy, comic book shop guy, and like that that guy is kind of full full on schmuck, right? Like that, right, right, like right. That's, you know, like that character, and there's a lot of those characters around like I remember going to a bunch of shops in Boston when I you know when I was dating somebody there and uh a lot, yeah a lot of those shops were like just these really really like jerky guys that I was like oh there's I don't think there's a lot of there there. Like I don't think there's a lot of, you know, I think that, that you know, that's who they are. But right, the curmudgeon like Jay, or you know, like I said, like the like the comics the comics that I do are heavily inspired by this guy, Harvey Picar, who's also a famous curmudgeon um, for not only doing his comics, but he would go when Dave Letterman used to have yep. his show at twelve thirty at night, you know, on uh, on NBC, Harvey would come on and be this sort of you know, national curmudgeon. I think and, Letterman
0: has said that was one of his one of his favorite guests, right? Absolutely, yeah.
1: because he was he was real. He was a he was a real character, and uh, you're right. Like, and and there were used to be New York used to be a city full of those characters, and you know, like you even look at like Bernie Sanders, right? Like Bernie Sanders is like Larry David and my dad. Like they all come from Brooklyn. They all talk. You know, <laughs> they all talk the same. From Brooklyn and they talk like this and they you know they want to you know they have a specific feeling about a thing you know my, my dad is Larry David you know in a, in a, in a lot of ways uh, you know and they're these characters they're it's not the same like now New York is like you know I mean like as much as you know one might be happy that Giuliani cleaned up certain aspects of of New York it did start this like landslide of disnification of the city and through that you lost so many artists and artist types and you know i think a lot, you know, like a lot of these a lot of these people have, have have an artist's soul these characters all these characters and you know i think you know like i go to manhattan now you know and that place is as homogenous as almost any suburb now hmm. like you know manhattan I, I feel like manhattan is not special at all the, the way it used to be i like mean you lost that you know that sense of character yeah and i'm sure people have been saying that for 40 years you know, <laughs> like, you know like you
0: know they said that
1: you know before i ever moved there
0: well it's funny do you watch the deuce on hbo
1: that's sort of, my dad was just an extra on the deuce oh really yeah yeah he's like well in case he, he's retired and like, he was sick for a while, and they kind of forced him uh, into retirement, but then he, like, switched some medica- med- uh, medication, and he just woke up all of a sudden, so now he finds he doesn't know what to do, so he's trying out different things. He's like, well, I'm gonna try to be an extra, and there's this show <laughs> that they're shooting at Silva Cup in Queens. It's called The Deuce, and, you know, he literally met my mother, like, the first date with my mother was at a club on 42nd street you know and uh you know he's like i waited around all day and i didn't see anybody you know i didn't see maggie gyllenhaal nobody uh <laughs> but uh it's funny i've wanted to watch it I, I but it came out basically when i had my kid so like you know it's sure. like sort of like one of the one of the things that falls by the wayside when you have a kid is that you, you do not watch as many tv shows uh i'm preparing as, uh, myself yeah <laughs> yeah you know like you you'll find out which ones are important you know
0: yeah uh, but, you know, that certainly captures a very different era totally. of, of the city. So yeah, it yeah, certainly yeah. has changed a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, but, you know, going back to what we were saying, you yeah. know, I think very much. You know, Jay, you know, informed a lot, I think, about what I look for in another retailer. Just as as Steve Odo did at Alternate Realities. Mm. And I know you don't know, Steve, but... he's a character. No, I watch a movie. Yeah, he's also a total character. So, very much a character. Yeah. Very much that curmudgeon. A little on a more cerebral level, I think. Mm, yeah. Whereas, you know, Jay is a little more like, pow in your face. Jay little-
1: is pow in your face. Right. Yeah, Odo, uh, yeah, he seemed to know the books a, a little bit more like he would be, yeah. be able to talk talk about them and yeah certainly, yeah,
0: yeah. you know to an extent yeah. uh, but both of them you know that curmudgeon quality I, it's not surprising that they spent all that time together those monday and thursday visits at it's all It's funny right
1: you would you would think like it, it could go either way right Either they they see each other in their curmudgeonly ways and they appreciate each other, or they they could have been you know they could have been a couple of guys at each other's necks. But well, that, at times
0: they were. There oh, was yeah? some frustration at times, <laughs> but uh, but overall, I mean, you know, so much you know so much love there. But you know, I think the two of them really you know, and I'm, as we're talking about it more, I mean, I, I think that really did inform a lot of what sort of like my baseline is, especially mm. when we're talking about comic shops and the vibe of a comic shop and. Mm. Uh, you know, again, like I've been to so many great stores and, and none of them really fall within, you know, the category of what I'm describing. And I yeah. I can enjoy them in a different way. But I think sort of my starting point is always sort of looking for, uh, you know, for that, you know, candid, unfiltered quality that you get from an Odo or a Mizo, yeah. And certainly doing something like the podcast or the documentary, you know, you want that unfiltered quality. You know, for sure, yeah. No, you say want right. What's you want on something your
1: special and extra. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, for so sure. uh,
0: yeah. No, I mean, it's um, again. I, I envy you having that experience of uh, of really shopping there regularly. But you know, I enjoyed my visits to the booth uh, a lot. Um, what about the fellow vendors there? Like, what? How, if at all, did, did Jay interact? So with them? I think
1: you know there were a couple of vendors there that you know there was a guy that sold food. So like Jay would get food from this oh, guy, Frank. And,
0: Frank, the guy with like the soft pretzels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh, guy yeah, the soft for pretzel sure. guy. Uh,
1: and you know there were like a couple of couple of old timers uh, that you know I think that he appreciated. But for the most part, uh, yeah, I think he right. He like you know I don't know that that guy w- ever walked to the opposite side of the flea market. I mean he was right by that door. I think he came in. He went to his booth and then he walked out that door and like and 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 that was it. I don't think he you know cared to really look around but but I think but I remember when when I went in the late 70s early 80s there was a lot more magic there. Like, you know, there was more like a, it was more like what a what you think a flea market would be where you would have and you would have similar characters. Like it would be like, there'd be this hippie lady that was an antiquer. and you know, and, and she would have unique items, and it would be really interesting. As opposed to you know, just somebody selling you know fake you know Reeboks you know from China, right. uh, you know DVDs, bootleg you know, DVDs, you know, just like just crap. You know, I think a lot. I think the flea market really turned into crap. It, when you know, but back in the day, like there, I'm sure there was a lot of crap back in the day too. But there were the more of these magical places with different items to see and look at, and even you know, even if you didn't uh, weren't really a customer of that kind of stuff, you were still appreciative of it. Whereas you know, I think the last the last time that because I because I'm I'm more of a curious person, I think than Jay. Uh, I would walk around and see what was going on. And I would just remember being like, it's just like, you know, like the booze would just kind of glaze over like, mm. uh, you know, like nothing, nothing special, no, like nothing
0: special at that place. And that probably fed into his frustration as well, yeah. seeing the market, even, even if he wasn't, you know, fully exploring, yeah. but, you know, just kind of seeing that change as well. I'm sure that didn't help matters. No,
1: no. I saw, I think he probably saw it as, you know, it matched with his view of a general decline of America. Right. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, I think, uh, you know, the homogenization of things, the dumbing down of things, you know, these were things that he was not uh, not happy about. Right. Not happy about.
0: Did you ever see anyone, like, really get put off by Jay? I mean,
1: I, you know, I, I remember one, I it wasn't often, but I do remember there was, like, one mother, right, like, who... You know, the kid was trying to turn a page, and, you know, Jay was just himself. He goes, ah, kids, you know, don't turn the page. You're going to ruin the book. It's a $3. You know, and the mother, you know, I want to go like, oh, she's like the mothers I see where I live in Park Slope, Brooklyn. Like, Park Slope, Brooklyn is very much like, it's like babies and dogs. Like, that's, okay, all, that's yeah, all there yeah. is. And, and this mother was like, you know, just became like the most entitled human being on the, you know, on the planet and really, ooh, I just uh, lost my voice.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's quite all right. I mean, I have to say, like, while you while you take a sip of water, yeah, yeah. like, in the times that I observed him at Alternate Realities, I don't really think there were many, if any, instances where anyone was, like, necessarily offended. Like, I think there was one customer, and he was a regular customer, too. I think he did complain to Steve once, like, oh, he curses too much. Uh, that was about the extent of it, though.
1: Right. Yeah, no, this mother was, like, super pissed that that he had the audacity to talk to her child like that you know and mm. i i don't i don't quite remember if he if he apologized or if he kind of like blew her off but i i think it was probably more like he apologized like once and like it just it just once and she went on her way and i'm sure he had nothing nice to say about that woman but you know be like i'm sure he was probably like that kid is in trouble right like that is not a
0: i mean you know in fairness it's like i'm jays not everyone's cup of tea no but i feel like the no. majority of people <laughs> i feel like do come away uh, enjoying their interaction with him or i like to think that at least yeah
1: cuz cuz you just don't see these kind of characters anymore you know you just don't you, you just don't see Different people. I mean, I think like I don't know. Every like everybody want want wants. Everyone thinks they're unique, but everyone everyone's the same. Right. <laughs> and, and Jay is a real character. He is authentic, and and I think people appreciate that about him. That he is absolutely a hundred percent himself.
0: The past, I don't know what your take was, and I would like like to hear it. I mean, I, the last few years of of him in the garage mm. was sad. Because he held on to everything, but, yeah. you know, I w- was only able to do so much. There was a, f- um, a flea market in uh, Hastings. It was an outdoor oh, flea yeah? market that was, I think, like the first or second Sunday of the month over the spring and summer. Mm. And he did that for a while. Oh, so no at way. least that was an instance of him, you know, getting out there oh, and trying wow. to sell some stuff. But, you know, for the most part, obviously, there was no like, foot traffic in his neighborhood. And he was relying on the few remaining customers. To yeah, oh, it's not it like was...
1: he he had his garage door open, hoping right. someone would no. come by to take a look. No, so, yeah.
0: but, you know, he held on to everything. And, you know, I, I think for him, it was still, you know, the reason he kept the booth all those years, it was something to do. He liked seeing and talking to people. Yeah. And I think that, you know, also fueled the the garage iteration of Jay's comics. But again, there was sort of that element of sadness to me, at least that he was still holding on to everything. What was your take on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it was certainly the, the denouement of, you know, uh, of, of, of his time with, with comics. And, you know, I mean, he, you know, he had some health things. He, you know, like he, he had a stroke.
0: He did have a stroke.
1: You know, uh, I mean, he, came back from that stroke. But, uh, you know, like, he did have a stroke. So, I mean, you know, I think it's just, you know, things age and things end. And that, you know, like, that can give anybody a kind of pause. So, you know, I, I don't know that I truly saw it as, you know, I think I think that would be more on me to read it like sad, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't, um, you know, I th- I think I was happy happy that he was still doing it at all. Like, I think it was, you know, I was happy that he was, you know, he was trying and, uh, you know, and he was enthusiastic about, you know, showing me, you know, he's like, oh, I hear about this new Neil Gaiman thing. Like, you know, he was enthusiastic about showing me things. So he didn't necessarily seem sad to me. And I think also we were genuinely really happy to see each other when we saw each other. So, you know, again, there was more of that, like, family thing so like you know i think i think maybe you're experiencing you know even though you spent so much time with him there's still like you were not really a customer of his so maybe there's like a little bit of an outsider thing where you could like make that observation and i because i'm way even way opposite that as an as an insider, maybe I would be blinded hmm. to what was sadness because I was just so happy to see him every time that I saw him, and I right. think you know like i you know I feel like every time you know we said goodbye it was a like i guess it was a very emotional goodbye we had a big hug, kiss him on the cheek you know yiddish goodbye like you know there's there there's a there's a real connection there, so you know i uh you know, I, I might have, I might have chosen to to not see it as sad because, I mean, him leaving the flea market was because the flea market ended, not right, because right. he chose to end his business. The flea market ended, so and he hated the word
0: flea, by the way. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. He w- w- would he just call it the right. market? Or yeah, something? the the market that I detest the word flea. Yeah, he right. was not a fan of flea market.
1: Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, no, my um. Uh, I think that was, you know, I mean, like, it, it was called the Empire State Flea Market. And I'm sure I'm sure that was just the vernacular my parents use. Like, yeah, i oh, oh, going that, to the flea market. Right. That's no, what, and that that's what we're literally going. is yeah. the name. He's yeah. just
0: still objected to it. <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> but my
1: comics don't have fleas. Yeah. But, you know,
0: the, the past few years, um, you know, he's lost a, a lot. I mean, obviously, his most recently and, and the, the biggest loss of all, of course, his, his wife, wife. But, sure. you know, just his routine. I mean, you know, the the market <laughs> closed in 2013. Yeah. A couple of years after that, in 2015, alternate realities closed. So right. that routine of the Monday, Thursday lunches yeah, gone, yeah, yeah. you know, and then even before Alice passed, you know, he got to the point where, you know, he closed the diamond account. Mm. You know, now now his wife is gone. He you know they're selling the house. He's moved. I mean, it's it's you know been so much change. Yeah. You know over this period of time, and uh, you know I you know you live a lot farther away. Uh, you know from from the house in Hartsdale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was, you know, I've just been one town over in, in White Plains, and, you know, I regret not going to visit him at the garage more. I mean, I would go sure. when I could, and I'm glad that I went the times I did, you know, in retrospect, and I, you know, I guess this is not an uncommon thing, and again, talking about, like, seeing him as, like, a grandparent-type figure, it's like, I wish that I visited more, because now that he's two hours away, you know, the, the right. opportunities it, to see him are, are, are so small now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, right. I, 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 you know, I I don't know... I don't know if I'll, if I'll ever see him again. I don't know. I, you know, that's a, that's a sad, tough reality. I mean, you know, I think that with, uh, with my child, uh, you know, having been born a couple of years, it's like that already took away, you know, uh, one or two of the outer layers of, of of people in my life. Uh, And uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, it's like, I, I, I put that kid first. I put my wife first. Um, so, you know, he he is absolutely a family member, but I do not know where in my life a two-hour trip to visit... Because a trip to... For me, a trip to Jay... Is sitting with him for a few hours, like that's right. that is what the trip is. Like I, you know, if I would go to go see Jay, I would tell my mom, you know, like I would home home from college for the weekend and be like, "All right, I'm gonna go see Jay for you know, we short trip to Jay," and she'd be like, "I'll see you in three hours," you know, and and right. that's that's what that's what it was like. Like you know, we we spent a lot of time together in that booth, and when I would visit him at the garage, it was you know, it was no different. I would go into that garage, hang out for you know, a couple of hours, I made sure that I had, you know, uh, a lot of time, uh, you know, on the other side to, uh, to spend there. But right, yeah, now in Connecticut, I do not know. I do not know what's going on.
0: Yeah, you know, like I said at the top, you know, this episode is a little bit of an outlier. You know, the Mm. Jay's Comics booth doesn't necessarily occupy the same place in Westchester's comic shop history as some of these other heavy hitters. But you know, Jay Mizell deserved his due, and I'm glad we've been able to talk about him. Yeah. And uh, you know, before we wind down here, I mean, were there was there anything else you wanted to share, any stories that you wanted to tell that we didn't get to? Trying to think, I you know, I,
1: I. I, I, I do feel like we've covered it. I do feel like we've covered because you know covered when I when I first first moved there and uh, what kind of comics I bought at the start. What kind co- you know what kind of products he's had over the years. <laughs> the changeover. I think we've I think we've pretty much covered uh, covered everything. I think um, I mean anything else would just be random personal things like uh, like I I you know I think he really appreciated the fact that you know. That I went to that I went to college because you know, like I said, I don't I don't know that his son went to college, but you know I uh, you know I went to college and you know for something that was you know artistic. I went to like, school for film and TV, and that I oh always had a job doing that, and that I had the interest in comics, and I interned at Marvel, and then I decided to make my own. You know, I think you know he was a guy that uh, you know appreciated that I was able to. You know achieve some of the things that I you know yeah, I think you to be a part, that. be a part of something that I enjoyed you know enjoyed my whole life and 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 with him so you know I when I, I just always look at Che uh fondly for you know more almost more of the personal connections than the comic connections so anyway
0: yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I, ha- I have to say in, in terms of my visits and even the movie that I made about him, the comics were really the least important part totally. of, of the whole piece.
1: Yeah, because he's that kind of unique human being. Yeah.
0: So to those who were lucky enough to, uh, you know, encounter Jay along the way, uh, you know, you, you were very lucky <laughs> to, to <laughs> do so. Uh, you know, and, and to those who didn't, hopefully, you know, this episode has given a little insight into Jay and his place, in Westchester's comic shop history. So thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, And thank you for making the trip up from Brooklyn to be here. (laughs) I did one remote recording this season with someone out in Seattle. It was the only way to make it happen. Oh, yeah. And it was was great. I'm glad we were able to do it. But being able to have this face-to-face is you know just yeah uh, no that miles better that works you got a great setup here
1: you know you got <laughs> the got nice microphones i did I, I i did a podcast like a month ago i think with a guy from seattle fun, oh, okay. funnily enough uh and uh and it, it was by he was by skype skype audio and you know like lord knows how that thing is gonna sound <laughs> i have no clue how you know but here i've got cans on my head i could hear everything Yeah,
0: that's that's what we strive for. I have more
1: of an accent than I thought I did.
0: (laughs) No, it's great. It was so great (laughs) to have you on the show. Thank you for being part of this. Thank you very much. Uh, Where can people go to check out your comic?
1: Yes, if you want to visit my comics, they're autobiographical, uh, sometimes funny, sometimes touching. They are called Buttons, and you can go to SoButtons.com, and So is S-O, because I start every story with, So, this is what happened. So sobuttons.com, you could read some free comics, you could buy some comics. If you're the kind of person that likes comics digitally, because you got a small apartment, uh, all my comics are available on Comixology. And uh, yeah, go go read
0: a couple of my comics. Yeah, they're really wonderful stories, so I hope people check them out. Uh, so thank you again. Thank you to everyone for tuning in to this epi- episode. Be sure to come back in two weeks for another new installment. And until then, don't be a flat squirrel.